was we snap more. It's like, what's, what's going on? Why can't I just rest? Or even when we want to sit down, it's like, no, no, I have got to do more. I've got to do more. I've experienced chronic uh, pain, but also anxiety and depression. Okay, there's many stuff that I, things that I cannot control in my life or around it. But what are the things that I can control? Being curious and compassionate to, to work and understand, to shift my thoughts, my beliefs, my reactions. But yeah, and basically it really, 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 really helped me. Incredible changes. I didn't necessarily, I didn't have depression, I didn't experience anxiety. And I think I went back to my, to work, um, really, really thriving. Mm. Without realizing in a way, no matter how much I was using in a way, being mindful of my thoughts and everything, somehow I think I wasn't working deeply enough with my body. Mm -hmm. Emotions are like waves. They come in, there's a pinnacle, and then it moves down. And imagine if we constantly stay at that peak. Exhausting. Hey guys, welcome to Lucky Yogi Does. I am so incredibly excited to share this episode with you. It is with the incredible Theodora Pyle and Wow, I recorded this episode back in January and re-listening to it as I edited it, I could not feel more excited to share everything we share, talk about. We talk about emotions, we talk about how our emotions are manifesting into different conditions that we're experiencing. We talk about anxiety, we talk about depression, we talk about chronic fatigue and chronic stress and how we have to align our bodies and our minds to be able to step forward into a life that actually serves us and we have to allow ourselves to feel what we feel in order to move away from what we're feeling and it's just an incredibly expansive episode if you have experienced low mood depression anxiety chronic fatigue chronic stress burnout all the things that we seem to fall into as human beings this is the episode for you it is honestly the most expansive episode and i'm so excited to share it with you so let's dive in but before we do take a deep breath in let it go and just feel your breath in your body feel yourself here in this moment lean in just notice take a deep breath in let it go and let's jump into the episode so first question tell me a little bit about you about your Hello. story your background <laughs> yeah, so my uh, name is Theodora Pyle. I live in um, Oxfordshire in the countryside. And um, I'm originally Romanian, so from origin I'm Romanian. And I lived in the UK for 15 years. And um, my background is in law and IT. And then in 2020, after trainings and that, I chose to end that chapter of my life being in the corporate in the city of London I worked for a decade in the city of London very driven very in the way I based and everything and I said no enough is enough um also took a toll on my body I just before the pandemic started I decided to end that chapter of my life and start my coaching business specifically when I started it was specifically for brain retraining um, okay and uh, mindset, but specifically as with neuro using neuroplasticity and the power of thoughts and our beliefs uh, and our mindsets for, but specifically also using brain retraining and neuroplasticity to help with physical conditions or specifically um, with burnout, chronic fatigue, chronic pain, anxiety, and depression. Um, and of course, when I started, I didn't necessarily know what I was getting myself into going on entrepreneurship and uh, starting my own business but it's been a, a journey and I absolutely loved it but also once I started and started working with more people really getting on I love it the way I love the neuroplasticity and the brain retraining I found out that it's actually very very important to have more tools and really tapping into working somatically and working with the nervous system and working with the body and what I've also uh, discovered in a way working with clients that a lot of the chronic and traumatic stress 
which I specialize and work with, there's a reason why it's chronic and there's a reason why it's traumatic. And a lot mm -hmm. of it is because of our early experiences. Okay, so like inner child kind of wounding, trauma, yes, all that kind of stuff that lies underneath that we don't even realize is there, but it's Absolutely. coming through in our everyday. Yeah, okay. and in a way that also helped me understand my challenges and the reasons and when they, why, train, why training, brain retraining and then uh, trauma and um, psychosomatics is because I've experienced chronic uh, pain, fibromyalgia in my, uh, in my shoulders, but also anxiety and mm -hmm. depression. And um, although in a way I resolve um, a lot of it, well, I would say before the pandemic started, I thought I resolved everything and I was uh, happy as Larry. <laughs> when the pandemic came and of course I moved to be working on my own and all of that, I kid you not, I think all of my fears and all of, a lot of, the, all of my <laughs> unresolved trauma, it came mm -hmm. into my face. It was right here. It's like, now's the time to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And in a way, this was an experience or, or this drive, first of all, to understand myself and understand why perhaps some of the, the, the tools that I was using, they were working a bit, but not going deep and not necessarily helping. It's like, well, what's going on? Why is this? Where is it coming from? And then by mm -hmm. yeah, training, various trainings and reading and understanding and working with my own body, it's like, oh, right, it makes sense now. <laughs> yeah, and Like the missing much... puzzle pieces. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think the pandemic for a lot of people made us face up to what was really going on. Before that, we could kind of distract ourselves and pretend we're fine and like, oh, I've done, I've dealt with all of that. And actually, like when it hit, it was like, oh, now I have to deal with my shit. <laughs> I've got to face it. Yes, yes. And one of the things that I've learned, especially over the last year and a half, um, especially, for example, I thought that I'm connected with my body. Gosh, I <laughs> figured out so many ways that I was disconnecting from myself. And mm. then being curious in compassion in various that I can invite connection back into myself. For me, yeah. and then with others, with nature, ultimately with the universe yeah so where did you start when you knew that you needed to shift and change and deal with what was going on where did you start mm -hmm. because of um, some quite traumatic experience that have happened to me I in a way grew up and I remember yes I was always anxious um, and actually in a way even 10 years ago, it got really, really heightened. And of course, anxiety usually comes with depression. They're very good, so mm. very good match. And I just got to a point it really affected my, yeah, my sleep, uh, my performance at work, my relationships. And in 2016, through the help of my mother, uh, um, the daughter of one of my mom's friends, she suffered with CFS, with chronic fatigue, and she recovered. After trying everything out, she recovered with a brain training program called the Lightning Process, which is a three-day training. Um, it's a mind-body connection training. Mm -hmm. And I was just amazed in a way after three months, although she, was, she wasn't able to work a year before and everything, her health, she regained her health. She was back on her cheerful set. I was, oh my God, that's amazing. And even now wow. after six years she's still thriving and uh, I said well perhaps this is something that you can try and so I went on the three days training the lightning process and it's really changed my life it really changed my life because it gave me in a way that power back and the self-agency is like okay there's many stuff that I things that I cannot control in my life mm -hmm. or around it but what are the things that I can control yeah and really being curious and compassionately to, to work and understand, to shift my thoughts, my beliefs, my reactions by using the tool, by using the lightning process, which is uh, a process and really helping with the way to rewiring our thoughts pattern mm -hmm. and for the power of neuroplasticity, because we know neuroplasticity is, is the brain's ability to change and adapt based on the input it receives from the environment and from ourselves. 
But of course, now we know that also not only the brain can change, the brain being the extension of the nervous system in the whole body, because mm -hmm. those um, nerves and neurons are throughout our body. So yeah, and basically it really, 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 really helped me. Incredible changes. I didn't necessarily, I didn't have depression. I didn't experience anxiety. Mm. And I think I went back to my, to work, um, really, really thriving. Uh, and yes, and this is in a way then I decided in 2018 to start training because I thought, well, if this is really what helped me and helps me, I would love to pass it on to share it with more uh, people. Um, and then what happened, as I said, in 2010, 20, I think we all experienced uh, various levels of fears and everything. And of course, not having that agency and control over what we can do, can, it's really impacted me. Mm. And without realizing in a way, no matter how much I was using in a way, being mindful of my thoughts and everything, somehow I think I wasn't working deeply enough with my body mm -hmm. and not quite having a deeper understanding in a way the polyvagal theory and the nervous system I just couldn't shift there were all I was shifting for a bit but then in a way I would fall back I was like what's going on what's going on why I can't do it and then um what happened what happened uh, I think also yes through Instagram I started to really be curious what's going on mm -hmm. not necessarily because I knew the time is nothing wrong with me but there is something that there's a missing piece of the puzzle and uh, through someone that i was following and with the same in the heart math community um she put a program together specifically with transforming trauma and through mm -hmm. the lens of the nervous system and i just felt drawn in calls like i think this is what i might have without necessarily knowing um so i joined that a three months container specifically working with the with the nervous system and uh, somatic practices and various practices and I was really determined it's like I know and I trust that this is can really really helped and I've done a lot of those practices so a lot of the nervous system practices couple also with emotional releases mm -hmm. but also really really understanding about my emotions, how to contain my emotions, how to express them, how to release them, so the various ways. And that was transformational, <laughs> very transformational. And then seeing it from my own lens and from my own experience, I was like, okay, I really get it. And I really understand that. So then in a way I went into my, yes, with my own trainings and um, um, deep diving into the mind-body connection and I thought in the mm -hmm. way I know about mind-body connection but it was as a whole new level way yeah. more deeper so it yeah. about now in a way combining the nervous system work the trauma-informed work with neuroplasticity with brain retraining bringing it all together into containers wow it sounds incredible because I think so many kind of healing growth personal development that kind of stuff they focus on mind a lot of the time which is amazing because your mind has such a big impact on your life but then we kind of miss that connection as you say mind and body the body is part of who yes. we are and the way we show up and we can use our body as a tool to help us move through what we're feeling and move through what we've experienced and <clears throat> I think for me when in my healing journey the only time I found that I actually found relief was when I connected mind and body when I when I went to yoga and I did practices that helped me release what I was feeling helped me move through what I was feeling and if I try and sit and think my way out of something it doesn't work you have to kind of move and let your body be a part of the journey and yeah yes. so it sounds incredible that mind body connection and what what would you say was um the most transformational practice that you learned during your or everything you've done <laughs> most transformational practice um i cannot necessarily say one there's two things mm -hmm. one about it's about the emotional release and it's a process that i've learned in doing psychosomatics but also in a way that i teach my clients is the process of verbalizing what we actually feel not the things that we would like to say or the things that are politically correct to say just really verbalizing what we actually feel but in a safe space either with a trained practitioner 
uh, or in my own space. And of course I learn it and I do it mm -hmm. in my own space. So yes, and even, so basically even bringing a person that perhaps you had a conflict with, bring it into your mind's eye. So not physically, bring it into your mind's eye and just really saying everything you want to say to that person. Mm -hmm. Because of course we know then with the mind, it doesn't know the difference between something that it's actually happening and something we construct in our minds. So that process of emotional um, release, but really, really feeling into my body and where I feel in my body, because mm -hmm. especially where I feel in my body, there might be other emotions that are memories that want to rise and come up. So that's one very, very powerful. And then the other one, I would say not a specific practice, but the consistent and repetition of various somatic practices. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason for that because the nervous system likes touch, the nervous system likes movement, and the nervous system loves repetition. So you have okay. to be consistent. You can't just do one once. It's like, yeah. oh, that, I'm, I'm fine. No, it really likes repetition and consistency. Mm -hmm. Consistency. Yeah. So the thing, because for a long time, and I still do them, I, by doing it every day, every day, not to overwhelm and I must do it. I do it because... I notice the shifts, even though there's tiny shifts, but I always say that compounds. It's like the compound mm -hmm. effect. Just do a bit today, a bit today, tomorrow, and all of that until yeah. and you notice big shifts. So yes, in terms of the not a specific practice, is an accumulation yeah. of repetition and uh, daily practices. Okay, so do you have a daily practice that you do? I do. So I have various um, uh, somatic practices that I use and I use them based on how I wake up or what I feel in the in the moment. OK, so for anyone listening that doesn't know what somatic is, what is a somatic practice? So first of all, somatic is basically the body. So working mm -hmm. with the with the body and um, as I said, the nervous system really loves touch and movement. So it's about offering gentle and soft care to our body. So it could be, for example, very plastic, for example, to tune into putting our hand over our heart mm -hmm. or really massaging our arms or um, really moving gently from one foot to another or bending the knees, really gently, just really tapping into that's why it's important to be gentle and slow. Mm -hmm. Because when we slow down, the nervous system loves when to slow down, it really enables it to really tap into how we're actually feeling, mm -hmm. to be with, and also noticing there's any images arising, any thoughts, anything. So really, really gentle movements yeah. or touch. And that could be on the arms, on the heart and our yeah. brain stems, so really giving ourselves gentle, gentle touch. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of almost reminding yourself that you're okay and that you're you're kind of you're held in your own container. Like you're safe yes. to feel what you're feeling. You're safe to move through what you're feeling. It's okay. You're 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 like you're held and you're supported and it's kind of reminding yourself that actually it, it's it is okay because a lot of the time I think we we're told not to feel what we feel we're told that we should feel certain things but not other things and that certain emotions or experiences are bad and wrong and we should push them to the side and pretend that they never happened or I don't feel those things I can't feel those things because that makes me a bad person when mm. actually we're human beings we feel a whole range of different things and we yes. have to be able to hold ourselves through those feelings and remind ourselves that it's safe to feel them it might not be safe to to exactly act on them <laughs> always but to feel them in a safe container is so important so important i really loved what you said there about acting it out because mm -hmm. any all emotions are healthy emotions yeah they can become unhealthy or toxic when we act them in or act them out mm -hmm. act them in on ourselves i.e we blame we judge we criticize we hate ourselves that self-hatred all of the self-identification 
And then acting it out, for example, with anger, whether we lash out, whether we keep saying to her, oh, it's your fault and all of the other stuff. So that's not a healthy expression of, of emotions. But yes, it's very important to, to create a safe space for us to, to hold and to contain our emotions because emotions are like waves. Yeah. They come in, there's a pinnacle, and then it moves down. It just mm-hmm. dissipates. And what happens is, and as I said, I always say, they all usually comes from our early experiences when perhaps we weren't acknowledged in our, in our pain or whatever we're feeling. But what mm-hmm. happens is, and that's why anxiety is not necessarily emotion, it's a process, it's all of the stuff that hasn't been allowed to be expressed. And what happens is an emotion comes in, it comes to a pinnacle, like the wave, but the thing is it becomes so uh, intense over there that we get overwhelmed, we get scared, mm-hmm. and then we remain there. We don't allow it. Uh, you don't allow it to drop to navigate, off. You just to stay at that peak. Yes. And imagine if we constantly stay at that peak. Exhausting. Exhausting. So that's why, for example, we get to burn out or what are the many ways we are burning ourselves out. Mm. And it takes a lot of energy to hold yourself at that peak and to, yes. to hold yourself in that feeling instead of allowing it to pass. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why... It, then we create because we then if we keep holding it at the pinnacle at the top it creates a lot of tension in the body and the Mm -hmm. mind a lot of tension so that's where then we can um, experience uh, pain chronic pain uh, fatigue tiredness and everything and of course our thoughts change our mind um, creates a ruminating mind or racing thoughts uh, and then of course we snap more it's like what's what's going on why can't I just rest even when we want to sit down it's like no no I have got to do more I've got to do more yeah Another thing <laughs> definitely we live in that world that's like a go 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 world and if we take rest we're like we get anxious that we shouldn't be resting that we should be doing more that we're not good enough and yes that we're not worthy of rest and all this other crazy stuff and yes and unfortunately i think also there's a bigger picture to this there's all mm. of the in the world the environmental failures and the systems we have in the system that we have to live in and it's about how we can create a balance between who we are yeah what's important to us and being aligned to who we are and really ground very important to ground but also how then we can be part of a society of, of systems mm-hmm. and how perhaps we can do the best we can to improve those systems. Yeah, we can get sucked into living in a box of how we think things should be, but it's a combination, isn't it? It's a combination of knowing who you are and living in alignment with who you are, but then also finding your way in the world that you live in because you can't completely just pretend like you pretend Absolutely. like it's not a thing yes and I do believe that it's um we navigate that space from moment to moment mm-hmm. definitely I think that's some that to me being in the present is one of the most important things I've ever learned in personal growth healing all of it it's that actually you can spend a lot of time looking at the past but it's in this moment here that you you start to create your future and you start to make choices that impact your future and it's this moment here that you're living the past is gone the future isn't here yet it's here that you have to be and if you actually are in the present and you're able to make choices in the present of where you want to be and what you want to experience then that is how you make change and that is how you move forwards and that is how you kind of shift your reality it's not by spending too much time in in either way absolutely and the more we practice to have both feet on the ground in this moment the more we're able to live life yeah because life is now (laughs) life is only now yeah exactly like I said it's about the practice because sometimes we will mm-hmm. have one foot in the present and one in the past or one in the present and one in the future <laughs> yeah. it's like okay I noticed that is it helped me bring myself both feet in the present mm-hmm. I'm jumping into this episode to offer you a space of support and nourishment and love 
on my website there is a section called resources in this space you will find yoga flows breath work practices meditations blog posts podcast episodes youtube videos all the things you need to support you wherever you are it is growing every single week every single day and i'm so so incredibly grateful for this space these tools are things that have helped me through all my challenges in life slowly I'm building a toolbox of things that have supported me through my journey through my ups and downs my highs and lows and I invite you to go and check it out if there's anything in the toolbox that supports you give it a go if there's anything you'd like to see in the toolbox send me a message and let me know I'm so thankful to have you here and I can't wait to share more tools, more practices, more episodes, more conversations with you that will help you on your journey, help you find your flow and help you find ease and peace and joy and love. That is the only reason that we're here in this lifetime. So that is what we need to step forwards towards. Let's dive back into the episode. Thank you for listening, yogis. So... Your your work is in chronic stress, fatigue and anxiety mainly, but it looks like you focus a lot on emotions and dealing with emotions and kind of allowing us to move through whatever we're feeling. Is that right? Yes, yes. And although in a way it's with the chronic fatigue and anxiety, depression, there's some of the conditions, but I also work a lot with physical conditions mm-hmm. and what might be the emotions behind the, phys- the presented physical uh, conditions. And like one of my mentors says, uh, our physical um, manifestation, well, our physical symptoms is a manifestation of an emotional state. And just mm-hmm. really getting curious about what that might be. And there's various ways in a way and uh, metaphysical anatomy or various uh, schools of thought in terms of what emotions might be based on where you might experiencing symptoms in the body. And um, I believe in that, but I always say it's about when I say something or I might say oh it might be that it's about what resonates for you what's Mm -hmm. arising for you in the moment because we are very complex human beings having very complex human experiences (laughs) and what might be for me may not be for you Mm -hmm. yeah so with the same working in the present moment with what's arising for a for a client yeah so i work yes with physical symptoms but yes my work is based on yes emotions and the nervous system regulation wow that sounds amazing and i think it's such important work because we're human and we feel everything we feel so many different things yeah and it's the basis of life is what we feel but yeah i think for so many people, me especially, when I was going through everything, I numbed myself from everything I felt. I was always told as a kid that I was really sensitive and I was overly sensitive. And so I tried really hard not to feel anything. And I just, I was like, I just want to be normal. I don't want to feel anything. I don't want to, I don't want to be like overreacting to a situation or be told I'm oversensitive. I just don't want to feel. And almost made everything so much harder because you are carrying more because you're just protect like you don't stop yourself feeling you just don't allow yourself to be aware of what you're feeling yes yeah and I would say most of us Mm. have gone through that and it's sometimes it's painful to to look back and, and see that um, but also that pain in a way for perhaps we didn't have or things that should have been different in the ways the the grieving but it's a healthy grieving um, mm-hmm. but yes it's we were only seen in a way from our behaviors and a lot of our perhaps um, society systems family schools they were interested in a way fixing a behavior not mm-hmm. getting curious and looking at what's behind that And in order for us to fit in and survive, we created all of these adaptations. Yeah. And of course, the the adulting, it's about re-coming back into the body, healing and re-aligning to who we are. And it's part of life. And it definitely, once you start the journey, it's never ending. Oh yeah, definitely. Like you start and you get to a certain point and you're like, I can never go back. <laughs> no, no. But it's about like you, like you said earlier, it's about 
also being mindful in coming back to the present moment, mm -hmm. being in the here and the now. Yeah. What are your biggest tips for actually being present and like bringing yourself back? What would you say helps you to stay in the present moment? Coming back to the senses. And mm -hmm. uh, I'm very passionate about uh, breath work, really coming back into the breath, noticing our breath or our uh, heart. Although for some people, especially experiencing chronic, um, chronic stress, they can have heart palpitation that can be triggering for them. Mm -hmm. So it's coming back to the, to the breath and through the senses. So what we see, what we hear, um, what, we, what we feel, and also looking around, just really orienting to the space we're in. And they very might be simple or boring, but they're not. And they're also, by doing that, we consciously bring cues of safety to our nervous system. And unconsciously, we tell ourselves, I'm okay now. Yeah. It doesn't matter what's happening. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't matter what's happened. It doesn't matter what's coming in this moment right here. I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah. And you know, I think it's the simple things that are the most powerful and have the biggest impact. We absolutely are so fixated on these big, crazy heat, like ways of being, ways of healing, these kind of like, oh, I'm trying this crazy thing and this new thing and this mm. new thing. But actually, it's the real simple things that help us the most. It's the real simple things that have the most power and impact on our lives. Absolutely. Yes. And that's the thing with with the nervous system is like it likes repetition it likes simple things but as i said because we we spend most of us spend a lot of time in our heads just by doing that in orienting it's like oh this is boring <laughs> because when <laughs> a way we feed ourselves on the adrenaline and we want yeah. more and it has to be um, hyped and everything so coming back is like oh i'm just looking around the room so it's about getting a familiarity with that getting curious yeah yeah and I think it's okay it's learning to be okay with being bored and learning to be okay with just the simplicity of life instead of it being big and exciting and amazing all of the time absolutely and I think there is a paradigm shift um mm. onto that what I've noticed especially now with new year's resolution or intentions for the year I'm actually amazed and happy at the same time. And I notice a pattern. A lot of people, perhaps a lot of people that I follow, <laughs> their intentions in the way for this year, 2022, is to be more present, to be more mm -hmm. out in nature, to be. So focusing mm -hmm. on the be rather than doing. It's like, it fills my heart a bit. It's like, yeah. finally, we're giving ourselves permission to be. Yeah yeah well like workless or to um, find ways to connect inviting that connection mm -hmm. whatever way feels um, meaningful for us so it's it's great to see that definitely and to just be a human being to just allow ourselves to be as we are instead of trying to fix ourselves instead of trying to change or do just yeah like this this is life this is who we are this is what we're, we're meant to be doing absolutely absolutely oh it's a, I, I do I do feel like the world is slowly shifting the more I spend time with amazing conscious like-minded people the more I realize that slowly the world is shifting and I think it's so important and such a beautiful shift that we're a part of right now I totally agree and in a way I feel honored that if we're mm. part of this movement yes and I was actually listening to um to an interview with uh, someone and she was beautifully saying that, I mean, for example, up until the eighties, trauma was never discussed. <laughs> no mm -hmm. one cared about it. Well, it. well, they were only in a way the trauma family in the hospital, so the physical trauma accidents, but in terms of PTSD, complex PTSD, our early experiences in terms of trauma, up until the nineties, it was never discussed so even in the ages no one was talking wow. about it so this wow. way the movement yes the movement in terms of what trauma is and how it impacts us it's only began to be discussed mm. and researched in the 90s how crazy is that how crazy is that? 
because it has such a big impact on yep. our lives and how yes. we feel and what we go through and yep. how can we not look yep. at what is causing what we're experiencing now yeah um, and the same, I'm reading a book now about the uh, the heart heart uh, history. It's written by an um, um, American doctor that specializes in heart surgeries. And he, the same, he was saying until the uh, 70s, 80s, uh, when they were doing lots of studies, or they were looking why some people were getting heart disease or heart attacks, they mm -hmm. completely excluded the emotional aspects. Okay, so they were looking in a way the diet, the lifestyle, the yeah. habits, but in their research or what were people, and then they, yeah, they were looking for a period of 10 years for people, they completely excluded the emotional side of the emotional environment. It's like, oh my God, that's, it's crazy. That's crazy because it's kind of like the basis of, <laughs> of yeah. everything we experience, a lot of physical ailments and conditions that we face come from feelings and come from what's going on in our so in yoga we have the like different bodies and one of them is your emotional body and your energetic body and it's that the physical body is just one of them and it's what's happening in all of them that mm -hmm. kind of allow that manifests in certain things that you experience in the physical and how can you not look at the other but the other parts of what makes you you yes absolutely and i very much resonate with that and also um i think i was reading in rudolf steiner um and then after that many more books the fact that actually when you manifest in the physical body it's already manifested in all of the other bodies so it comes from the ether in a way particularly yeah. more of a spiritual side and then it keeps coming by one layer one layer so whenever we notice something physical it's already manifested on mm the other yeah plane. so that's like oh that's interesting and I, <laughs> I personally do believe in that yes it's about how we can work with our emotions with yes with feeling connecting to ourselves mm. to other people to what's more beyond ourselves yeah realizing that we're not separate we're not we're just not separate. this what it's not black and white it's not, we're not just this or that we're there's so much more and we're not separate from the people we spend our lives with either we're we're all connected in some way yes wow i love it i love the fact that a lot of the stuff that you teach and share in your work is it to me i really resonate with it and it it's something that feels quite familiar because i've done a lot of um studying and learning in yoga and the practices of yoga and the philosophy of yoga and the teachings of yoga and a lot of what you share and teach feels really familiar to that and to how the kind of different bodies and different parts of being human and kind of the ways in which that we connect mind and body and breath so that we can move through what we're feeling mm -hmm. and so that we can be a human being and actually cope with what we feel as a human being and I think we've become so disconnected in our modern day world we're the most connected we've ever been but we're also the most disconnected we've ever been we're yeah. we're trying so hard to move so fast and be in this whole different reality when really like it's we just need to simplify <laughs> yes yes absolutely and yeah, yeah coming back to coming back to the body and mm. also one way to come back to the body is to spend less time online yes <laughs> and to go out and for us to go out more in nature mm. either going for walks or meeting friends but i would say sometimes even getting a cup of tea or just sitting down on the sofa on a chair and just looking at the sky mm. looking at a tree looking at a bird yeah contemplating and noticing and just being with whatever you're doing yes. and yeah I think one of my favorite practices for that is mindful eating and it's actually noticing what's mm. going on as you're eating rather than just doing it while watching something or listening to something or like doing a million things standing mm. up and walking while eating and it's kind of actually be with your physical body, be with what is happening in the present moment, be with yourself, feel everything that you feel and allow it and allow yourself to move through it. Absolutely. And actually one tip or what's helped me uh, 
with that and with mindful eating is in between bites to put my fork and knife yes <laughs> and just just while I chew keep my hands on my lap yeah. and it's such a yeah. small thing but it's so big in the long term it is, it's like, oh it's yeah. really hard when you first start doing it <laughs> yes and that's retraining it's like no I don't need to <laughs> scuff it all down just put the fork and knife down just take a moment Yes, yeah. And the same I remember, especially when I was working in the city of London with yeah, perhaps back-to-back meetings and everything. I will either just go out and I remember sometimes eating my, I would, I would just grab a sandwich or something and I would just eat it basically from the coffee shop back into the office. It's just constant running and running. Yeah. And I do understand we live in a very fast-paced world and we do have a lot of engagements and things we have to mm. go up to and turn up, but it's also creating those um, mindful and free time pockets into our our day. And the same, I'm yeah. quite conscious of that. And I try to even, for example, during the day to get 10, 15 minutes mm-hmm. where I can just even lie down but I prefer to completely lie down to really ground and connect with the ground and just just do a simple practice yeah and then that really rejuvenates me Mm. so do you do that in the middle of the day or do you have like a set time or do you just fit it in when you can I don't have a set time I just Mm -hmm. fit it in when I can but also the reason that I love in the way I love yes and I think it's very important to have habits and routines Mm -hmm. as long is they keep us present and engaged because yeah. if a habit or routine it becomes a thing to do and we're not mindful of it not even aware that we're doing it and something needs changing Definitely. and i'm always the fact that yes i love routines morning routines and things but it's also within that set time to do something different that keeps me engaged that i don't give the opportunity yeah. to get but to say not to get bored I like to get this important and I believe in the importance of getting bored but doing it consciously mm-hmm. get bored and it's like oh what's going on if I don't become aware of why I'm getting bored and perhaps a change mm-hmm. needs to occur then in order to do that I just keep myself active and in the same when I was working in the city of London from most, um, taking the train into Cannon Street and going to the to the office every day I would take a different walking route mm. we'll walk for 20 minutes or half an hour to the office and back every day a different route because there was many alleys you can yeah. take and my colleagues was like well why do you do that they were so amazing every morning they'll ask me so which way did you come today I said this way and it's like well, do you really do it and I said yes yeah. because if I take the same route every single day I won't I will miss out mm-hmm. especially in London it's so beautiful I love it Mm. taking a different route it will enable me to be present to be engaged to look at the people to look at the buildings and just to be in the in the moment yeah and keeps the brain engaged as well definitely I think habits they kind of create what we experience and what we who we are and the way we show up in the world but it's very easy to fall into autopilot on a habit and just do it without even thinking about it and almost do it just to tick the box like oh yeah I've done that done for the day rather than actually do it and be in it and experience it and there's um I love that you said that because there's this beautiful teaching that I learned when I went to stay in the monastery in India they one of the monks taught me that they do the same walk every day but every day their teacher asks them to pick out something that they didn't see the day before. So it's kind of like mm. they're doing the same walk every day, but then they're actually really mindful and they're noticing what's different this day than there was yesterday. And it's kind of, you can do the same thing every day, but do it with awareness, do it with presence and notice those little subtle changes. Notice what's actually happening on that day instead of what you think should be there because of what happened the day before. Oh, thank you very much for sharing that. I'm really going to take that into the heart. And the reason being, so where we um, live, we have the rooms, but we we have a few walking routes. But the thing is, I've been doing it so long and now I'm at the point, I don't even want to go to it because I get bored with them. It's the same thing. It's like, 
what can I do? And I would change a bit, but there's not much I can change. And now you really inspired me because <laughs> I can take the same yeah. um, walks, but paying attention to something different. So thank you for sharing mm. that. Yeah, really beautiful. You're welcome. I loved it. When he told me about it, I was like, oh, that is just the most incredible thing because it doesn't matter that you're doing the same thing. It's just, what are you actually doing it or are you just ticking a box? And Yes. Yeah what can you notice that's different that day then you're really mindful and actually aware of what you're doing yeah thank you you're welcome <laughs> okay um so if you could share one tool or practice with our listeners that they could take away from listening to this podcast what would it be tool and a practice um the breath Mm-hmm. but really slowing down our mm-hmm. breath and as much as we can to breathe from our diaphragm mm-hmm. but also um, also from its work like a heart math practice we can also and especially with the if we're noticing any heart palpitations or symptoms to bring in away the attention into the heart space slowing mm-hmm. it down and also to bring compassion so for example when on the in-breath to bring that compassion and kindness into ourselves and on the out breath to just give it out to the room we're in to the people Mm -hmm. we love and to do this for five minutes Mm -hmm. ten minutes but to really slow down and bring that attention into the, the heart with compassion i love that definitely it doesn't have to be complicated or yeah can just be simply breathing and bringing that into the heart space yeah perfect (laughs) and i find also that in a way for people some yeah breathing from the diaphragm it's not necessarily easy there's of course a technique into that and you know all about that but what i find is the for me also connecting to the heart and creating that heart brain coherence and um, balance is very very important but also we feel a lot from our heart Mm-hmm. and in a way our heart yeah. center is about love giving and receiving love compassion joy kindness and i think we can all develop especially for ourselves the self-compassion and compassion mm-hmm. for others so by bringing that attention into the heart space and breathing in and out with compassion it really helps us to develop that and to be yeah. kinder to ourselves first of all because it starts with us, no matter what yeah, you experience on the outside, us. it starts with us. Yes. Oh, I love it. <laughs> um, if people wanted to do your work to kind of go on this healing journey to start shifting, if they're experiencing chronic stress, chronic fatigue, anxiety, anything like that, what, where would you invite them to start? Um, I would say to ask themselves what are the many areas they are burning themselves out Mm -hmm. i.e. what areas of their life or from a physical emotional mental or spiritual side they think that they putting way too much energy that their capacity to hold their energy allows. So that's the first thing. And practicing curiosity, curiosity and compassion, they are fundamental mm-hmm. for healing, for transformation, for change, for growing energy, for anything. Because when we have compassion and curiosity, we cannot have judgment yeah. or criticism. No, just an openness to what there is. Yes. And being open to what is, first of all, through the curiosity, mm-hmm. and then bringing in the compassion. Yeah. It brings, okay. And even because, of course, compassion is not about ending suffering, not about wanting to eradicate. It's about actually the first thing of about comp- compassion and self compassion is about acknowledging the suffering. Mm-hmm just being with 
And in a lot of the stuff I say, we want to, sorry, we want to, we want to change. We want to fix things. Yeah. We just want to change. We want to fix. We want to heal. We focus on that. And we forget to be with. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And it reminds me of um, one of my favorite teachings, Ramdas. He teaches loving awareness. Oh, he it. is just the most incredible being. <laughs> He's yes. a loving awareness where if you feel fear, if you feel anxiety, if you feel stress or anger or anything that we label as negative, show it loving awareness. Hold it in this place of awareness, in this place of loving what you're feeling instead of pushing it away or pretending it's not there. It's being aware of it, being curious of it and being able to love yourself through that feeling. Yes, because the moment we're aware of it and we're being with it and we bring it in the compassion, it begins to lose its intensity. Mm-hmm. It begins to see that it doesn't need to knock so hard on your door to pay attention. And there's another thing that Gabo Mate, I've had saying and I absolutely loved, where there is tension needs attention. Mm-hmm. That's just a yeah. signal. it's knocking on your door and sometimes it's really banging really hard on the door it's like Mm. are you gonna look at me yes (laughs) pay attention to me i need some love (laughs) pay attention yes and also another thing especially with any kind of physical or emotional or mental symptoms that we might have to also and i know it's especially also in the spiritual when we're not identifying with it but I love in the way the IFS work, I'm not sure if you heard about internal family systems and talking about parts. Okay. So instead of saying another way to really, really be with and um, bringing in that compassion is instead of saying, oh, I, um, I'll give me an example. It will be, oh, I, um, I suffer with uh, chronic pain. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying that because we identify with it, and of course it's our experience, we have it, but it's not all of it. We can say, oh, a part of me, mm. it's experiencing some pain. Wow, yeah, because as soon as you say I this, you're attaching yourself to that, and then it's harder to release it and let it go and let it move through you because you've attached yourself to that. You've almost identified yourself as feeling yes. that, as having that, as being that. Yes. Or a part of me is really afraid that doesn't know when the pandemic will change will end. But also a part of me, it's enjoying connecting with more people than it ever did before. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I love that. I think that is so simple, but so powerful. Yes. And it, it kind of, it allows us that space so things aren't so black and white you're not this or that it's just that a part of you is experiencing that it's something you're experiencing you're not denying the fact you're experiencing it but you're also recognizing that it isn't you and it isn't all of you yes and very important that it's not all of you Mm. yeah just a part of you and when we integrate all of these various parts we have because we all have them the more enables us to come back into the wholeness yeah because sometimes well these parts were separated or split at various points in our life when we had to survive certain experiences mm-hmm. but about integrating them seeing them and integrate them it enables us to put the puzzle together yeah our human puzzle oh, wow. oh human puzzle it's a lifelong journey of putting our puzzle oh it's a lifelong journey yes and also it comes in layers so any kind of feeling it comes of layers and even i noticed that whatever i said um i worked through stuff and i was like oh this is done <laughs> i'm finally done with that yep i resolved it close the closet the, the... and then all of a sudden two years later it's like pops back again but yeah. in a different way in a different level because i suppose now i am ready for that level or for that layer yeah. So although yeah. even though sometimes we think we fully resolve something at the time, but years later or months later, whatever, you can come back in a, another form, but yeah. also perhaps not at the same intensity because it's ready to yeah. heal another layer. 
Healing isn't linear. No, it's not. Definitely not. <laughs> it's not. And it's also never ending because life gets in the way. Life is happening. Yeah. And things you experience in life bring up things that you thought you'd resolved and then you've experienced something else. So you're ready to tackle it at a different level, a different depth, a different yeah. way of being. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, wow. If you could share anything with our listeners, one more piece of advice, what would you share? It's perhaps like a mantra or something to get curious, for them to get curious about, is mm -hmm. the, um, the principle that the mind likes to run and the nervous mm -hmm. system loves to walk. Oh, that's just, I love that. <laughs> Definitely. So how can we bring them into balance, mm. which is about slowing down? Yeah. Because oh, the, the nervous system, our body will never try to catch up the mind. Mm -mm. And it's it knows it's, it's, it doesn't down. even, not even that it knows he can't, he doesn't even want to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, That's like, not I'm my job. You slow <laughs> I'm happy there. You slow down. <laughs> catch up with me. Come to my pace. And it's how can we, from a place of curiosity and compassion, how can we match that pace? Oh, so simple, but so just says it all. Perfect. If anyone okay. wants to work with you, how can they work with you? How can they get in touch with you and start this journey? Um, so my website, yes, is Theodora Pyle and on Instagram. I love Instagram. Um, at the moment, in the way I work, yes, three months containers, one-to-one, -one, and mm -hmm. uh, I do like a nervous system, how to unlock and work with your nervous system uh, for our workshop. But my um, plan, my intention this year is also to create more, perhaps, group containers and uh, workshops. Because okay. what I find is the group energy mm -hmm. is so, so important. And why it's important? because it brings us back to community yeah and the fact that self-regulation can't happen without co-regulation mm. we only yes. learn to self-regulate is even going back to our early experiences we learn to self-regulate by being in the by being in the presence of um caregiver that it's regulated itself yeah. so we learn to co-regulate so yeah that's wow. my my intention to create yes in yeah group um, group containers with putting there everything from my own experience and everything that i learned combining yes psychosomatics with nervous system work and neuroplasticity and emotions wow what a powerful group that will be thank you <laughs> well thank you theodora it's been so incredible to talk to you i've learned so much from our conversation and i can't wait to re-listen and go back over everything so Thank, Thank you for sharing you. a part of this space. Thank you very um, much. It's my absolute pleasure. And I say from heart to heart, from one heart to another. Thank you for listening, yogis. Oh, such an incredible episode. I'm so buzzed for the world to hear this. So get it out there to the people that you love, the people in your life, the people that need to hear this. Share it, like it, rate it, review it. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate every single one of you with all my heart and be curious, be open and be compassionate. And the more you can bring those qualities to the world, the more the world is going to continue to grow and expand. Have a wonderful day, yogis. Thank you for your energy, your efforts. Thank you for joining me and I will speak to you soon. Namaste, yogis.